The Athletic. Good morning. Welcome to the briefing show from The Athletic. It's Thursday, the 27th of April. I'm Michael Bailey, and today we're asking is that it for the Premier League title race? In the grand scheme of things, it does feel like Arsenal over the past few weeks have kind of almost sleepwalked into this position. Can it get any worse for Chelsea? The bees are buzzing. There's a chilling feeling for Chelsea once again, who go two behind at home. And what does Nottingham Forest's win over Brighton mean in the battle to avoid relegation? Tonight sent out a message. It sent out a message that, that they're not done and dusted just yet. This is the briefing show from the Athletic. What a touch from Foden! Foden! Forty-nine and counting for this outstanding marksman. And it's the perfect way to put the exclamation point on a fantastic Manchester City performance. We start at the Etihad, where Manchester City have stolen the momentum in the Premier League title race after beating Arsenal 4-1 with Erling Haaland and Kevin De Bruyne among the scorers. City now trail Arsenal by just two points, but crucially have two games in hand. They were eight points behind Mikel Arteta's side as recently as three weeks ago. Arsenal have since dropped points against Liverpool, West Ham and Southampton. Let's hear from the Athletics Arsenal writer Art de Rocher, who was at the Etihad. Art, is this the end of Arsenal's title challenge? At the minute, it probably does feel like it. They are still ahead of Manchester City at the minute, so there may be some glimmer of hope somewhere, but in the grand scheme of things, it does feel like Arsenal over the past few weeks have kind of almost sleepwalked into this position. We know how relentless City can be and were tonight. I think tonight was just an example of how cutthroat they really can be. So it'll be incredibly difficult for Arsenal to kind of get back that momentum and really fight them off. So at the minute, it does feel like that's the chance kind of gone. Why did they start the game so badly? Or is that not a fair question? I think it's fair because of what's happened in the past two weeks. I wouldn't include the Liverpool draw in, I guess you may call it subpar performances of late. I think Liverpool was its own entity. But you look at the West Ham game where they were 2-0 up and it's just silly, silly decision-making, lack of awareness, really. And then that kind of carried into the Southampton game. You've seen these themes kind of crop up and then stay (laughs) within this team over the past two games in particular. And I think, again, tonight you probably saw a lot of that in the first half with just a real lack of decisiveness when they had the ball. And then off it, they were very, very naive as well in terms of just giving (laughs) giving Kevin De Bruyne a free run of that midfield for so, so long in that first half. So in some ways... They only really have themselves to blame because of the positions they've put themselves in. It's obviously a painful night and it does lead to the big question. What what happens now? Where do Arsenal go from here? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because there's a six-day gap now between their next game against Chelsea. And uh, I feel like within that period, you almost have to 
find a way to get that spark back because for so much of this season, Arsenal have looked assured and composed and they've lost that in, in recent games. So personally speaking, I don't know what the answer is to get composure back, but sure, it'll be a massive six days at London Colney where a lot of work needs to be done to kind of find that calmness that they had throughout the season to get them to this point, which has been lacking in the last two games in particular. As for Manchester City, they are mimicking a football monster truck flattening all before them. They have now won 12 successive games in all competitions. Six more wins from their last seven league games and Pep Guardiola's men will be Premier League champions for a record-equaling third successive season. The treble is still possible too with a Champions League semi-final against Real Madrid and an FA Cup final with Manchester United to come at Wembley. Sam Lee is the Athletics Manchester City writer and he was also watching on. Sam, this was supposed to be the top two in the Premier League, yet... Manchester City seem pretty dominant. How did they achieve that over Arsenal? I mean, look, there's there'll be a million different ways to break it down, tactical things, you know. They had their midfielders very narrow early on, sucking in Arsenal's midfield. It gives us space outside to kind of isolate fullbacks, all that kind of thing. But I think if I'm going to use one word to sum it up, it's just composure. They did everything at the right speed at the right time. Just see the way that like they they'd been missing chances between what? It's twenty minutes and 40 minutes, it could have easily got away from them a bit or not got away from them a bit. They could have easily panicked. But whenever Edison gets the ball, he puts his foot on it and he waits. He, he attracts Arsenal to come to them. Diaz attracts Arsenal to come to them. And then when they come, they play the right pass and all of a sudden there's another pass to midfield and then City are sprinting up the pitch. It looks like a counter-attack, but it's not a counter-attack. They've had the ball all along. They were just patient with it. They've got the composure to wait and wait and wait to keep their call in a big game and pick the right moments. And it was only their finishing that let them down. But in the end, they still scored four anyway. It was it was so complete and controlled. And I think composure is the word I would attribute that to. I mean, they are on an extraordinary run at the moment and it was a complete performance. But this also is now looking like a particularly complete side. They seem to do everything very, very well. Is this as good as Pep has had at Manchester City? Yeah, I guess so. Because I suppose now, if you think about 12 months ago when... It was around now everybody knew that Haaland was coming to City. And you go, you've got this great team with all this control and so many passes and they don't concede many goals and they create loads of chances. But if you just add on a number nine to that, they'll be, you know, like, imagine how good they'll be. And I'll be, basically, that imagine how good they'll be is now. Guardiola sets them up and because the players, most of them have been here so long, they know exactly what they need to do. And that's why they've got that composure. That's why, you know, they there's a special atmosphere among the squad, which they've always had. That's why they're, they're fighting. They're, they're willing, they're willing to, to run back and do their dirty work to ensure that at the end it's all very pretty you know it's beautiful goals on the counter attack and ruthless finishing and that kind of stuff but it all comes from that hard work and again I'll go back to the composure but yeah is it his most complete team yeah certainly speaking so close to full time it certainly feels like it that is the sound of full time at Stamford Bridge as Chelsea fell to a 2-0 defeat at home to Brentford. That makes it a fifth defeat in five games under the guidance of Frank Lampard since he replaced Graham Potter as Chelsea manager on an interim basis. Although the Blues are getting closer to a permanent appointment in the guise of former Tottenham boss Maurizio Pochettino. 
The Athletics' Liam Toomey saw the latest calamity. Liam, was it as bad as it sounded? The atmosphere at Stamford Bridge was actually worse at half-time when there were really loud boos in response to what was, even by this season's Chelsea standards, a truly abject attacking performance in the first 45 minutes. Once Brian and Buemo's goal went in and really cemented Chelsea's defeat, many fans took that as their cue to leave. And that was a big part of the reason why the boos at full time were not as big as they could have been. Actually, another interesting moment happened just a few minutes before the end of the game where Brentford fans were chanting, Frank Lampard, we want you to stay, of course, sarcastically. And there was a real resounding response from the Matthew Harding end of, Frank Lampard, he's won more than you. And that, for me, underlined that only Lampard's unassailable legend at Chelsea at this point is sparing him the kind of anger that was directed at Graham Potter. Liam, is the end in sight here for Chelsea? Is Pochettino close to signing? It's really difficult to see where a goal comes from for Chelsea, never mind a win. So it's very possible that they don't win again uh, this season and finish probably in the middle of the bottom half, uh, which would have been unthinkable back in August. We know that the club are talking to Mauricio Pochettino. There seems to be a high degree of confidence on all sides that he will be Chelsea's next head coach. And I think that there really needs to be an announcement soon, even if he's not going to come in before the end of the season, which I don't believe he will. There probably needs to be an announcement sooner rather than later, just so everyone involved inside the club and the fans get some clarity about the direction the club is taking and above all some fresh hope because this is a club in search of a plan right now and in search of hope. Elsewhere, Nottingham Forest fired a shot across the bowels of their relegation rivals on Wednesday night with a 3-1 win over Brighton. It's a result that ended a 12-game winless run for Steve Cooper's side and in the process moves Forest out of the relegation zone. And in turn, that has ratcheted up the pressure on Leeds, Everton and Leicester. Paul Taylor was at the city ground for the Athletic. Paul, how are the belief levels now after that win? Well, this, this was the kind of night that got Forrest into the Premier League in the first place. You know, nights like this at the city ground where the crowd were right behind them, everything was positive, everything was buoyant. They kind of urged Forrest onto this win tonight. And it feels like the whole mood's transformed. Even before the final whistle, it felt like the crowd almost sensed that this result was coming. And now they're out of the bottom three. Now they've finally got a win after waiting for so long for one. It does feel like the, the entire mindset and mentality and, and, and mood around the entire football club has, has just been changed by one result. I mean, it is a great win for Forrest, but what about their relegation rivals? I mean, Everton, Leicester and Leeds will all be cursing this result. Well, I watched a bit of the, the Leeds and Leicester game. It was just a bit flat, wasn't it? And it, it wasn't a result that did either of them any favour. So tonight, a lot of people have thought that Forrest were out of this, that, that Forrest were, were doomed to the drop. People have been writing them off left, right and centre. So for them to go out and get a result like this does send out a message to their relegation rivals that they shouldn't be written off quite yet. Uh, you know, I'm not getting carried away. I'm not saying they're safe by any means. They've got a very difficult game at Brentford at the weekend. But, but blimey, tonight sent out a message. It sent out a message that, that they're not done and dusted just yet. 
In the night's remaining Premier League game, Liverpool earned a third successive win by beating West Ham 2-1. The Reds could still secure Champions League qualification with a top four finish, but will need a favour from their city rivals Everton tonight. They host Newcastle at Goodison Park. We do now know two of the three teams that will join the Premier League party next season. Burnley secured the championship title on Tuesday and last night, Sheffield United beat West Bromwich Albion to confirm their promotion back to the top flight after two seasons away from the Premier League. Meanwhile, in Europe, Barcelona somehow managed to lose at Rayo Vallecano. The good news is they're still 11 points clear at the top of La Liga with seven games to go. And Juventus were knocked out of the Coppa Italia last night, losing 2-1 on aggregate to Inter. But given Juve had a 15-point penalty reverse last week, we don't need to feel too sorry for them. You're listening to The Briefing Show from The Athletic. This big week of Premier League football isn't over yet. Everton host Newcastle, who smashed Tottenham for six on Sunday. Speaking of Tottenham, still without a manager, a sporting director, or any sort of coherent plan for the future, they face Manchester United. Then there's Bournemouth and Southampton locked in the brutal mortal combat of a South Coast derby. How do you pick a game out of those? You'll find them all on BT Sport in the UK or Peacock in the US. That's all from us. If you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, make sure you take advantage of our latest offer. Go to theathletic.com forward slash TBS, which stands for The Briefing Show. And it's $1.99 a month for your first year. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe. And if you could drop us a review, well, that'd be great too. I'm Michael Bailey. Your producer was Guy Clark. And The Briefing Show will be back with you tomorrow. The Athletic.